Greetings, Grintheads. That's right, this is Landon, speaking to you in a not-so-typical opening to our show. I am flying solo in the hot apartments of hot death, as I have taken to calling it. Um, just to let you guys know, despite what we say in the outro of this episode, we will be off for the next few weeks. Uh, Truman is currently on vacation, which is why I am uh, a flying mono a solo is that a thing? I don't know. Um, and then shortly thereafterwards, I will be going on vacation. Our schedules didn't line up too well here. But you know what? Think of this like a mid-season break to your favorite sitcom, a la Home Improvement. Um, so just want to let you guys know that that uh, that you cannot expect us next week. And not the week after, but possibly the week after that. If I had my calendar in front of me and was a prepared host, uh, I would know the exact date. But uh, trust me, we will let you know. So bear that in mind when listening to the outro. That That is not the right information. This right now is the right, vague, but right information. So without further ado, enjoy this new episode of Grunt Work with special guest Sam Wessel. Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to grab your insurance information and keep an eye out for a young George Clooney because we're going to the ER. That's right. Just like every character actor we have on the show, it's grunt work. Don't call it a grunt back. We've been here for years. We're rocking our peers, putting suckers in fear because it's grunt work. Your one-stop shop for the TV show Home Improvement. Which suckers are in fear of our show? Uh, you have to wait till next week's episode for me to tell you. Ah, ah, I am Landon. I survived Dead Man's Curve Solano, joined always by my co-host Truman, the bird, Caps. <laughs> Do you know why I went with that? Because I flipped off the screen at one point because I was upset. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but also, it's a saxophone reference to Charlie Parker. Oh, that's cool. I, that's not the instrument that I played. I know, but, uh, but... Uh, it's a reference to saxophones, which are played in the episode. And um, now it's a nickname that I came up with for the beginning of this show. And we also have a special guest with us <laughs> enduring my long intro that I'm going to extend by adding more words into it. Sam Wessel is with us. Hey, guys. I don't get a full nickname. Sam, well, no, I didn't write one for you. Yeah, I mean, That's he barely even wrote one for me. <laughs> but I also feel like if I had written one for you, it also would have been disrespectful. Now, if you'd put the love and care into it that you should have. You didn't put the love <laughs> and care. You got as much love and care as anybody Well, else. I'm a special guest. <laughs> well, yes, but. So I deserve special love and care. You guys, that's not the point. Uh, so special, in fact, that she's coming directly from part-time superhero, her podcast, a pop culture show. So, yes, so, directly. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a part-time job. I would imagine you have flex hours. Like your superhero manager gave you today, you know, you worked a half shift today. So you I'm my own boss, bitch. Oh, okay. So what, you work part-time for, you're a self-employed part-time Exactly, superhero. exactly. Look, you, it, this, is a, this is a crazy economy. You got to keep the hustle alive. <laughs> The gig superhero economy is really... That's right. You, you kind of have to burn the candle at both ends. I mean, That's does right. that mean Superman also drives an Uber, or does that mean that he puts an Uber <laughs> sticker on his chest and flies people around? Ooh, I would pay for that. Honestly, I would I'd pay surge pricing for that. <laughs> I I wouldn't. I'd cool! You, you're, you're, <laughs> and that's the end of the Super <laughs> yeah. All right, good. 
doing great comedy. <laughs> Folks, Home Improvement is a TV series from the early 90s uh, about... Tim Allen trying to figure out how to raise a family in this crazy workaday world. Just him. Jill, just, Jill just has him. died off between yeah. episodes. Why are we getting a, a summary of the show right now? Like the whole premise. I, this I is know. confusing. People might have been, well, you know, part of it was for comedy purposes, but that joke is also dead now. Uh, so <laughs> Don't call me Samantha the joke killer nothing. <laughs> for nothing. Oh, well, you killed your own joke. <laughs> Sam <laughs> on brand on brand forever uh so how's everybody doing today we seem to be off to a great start so far uh good I wish uh I was a little cooler wish I was drinking um something from a cooler <laughs> something from a cooler I wish I was drinking some ecto cooler Ooh. am I right Ghostbusters oh themed drinks from the 80s I have an ecto cooler story I thought, I thought for a second you had an ecto-cooler in storage, and I was like, well, bust that sucker out with <laughs> Actually, some ice. Actually, I did see on eBay uh, sometime in the past that uh, a whole case of ecto-cooler sold for $1,000. Ooh. Isn't that insane? That is insane. That whoever bought that is so insane that whoever bought that should be in an asylum of some sort. <laughs> they might be now. We don't know. Well, yeah, but they wouldn't let them take their ecto-cooler in, their ecto-cooler in there. So uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. not entirely clear what ecto-cooler is. It I've is... seen... Ghostbusters, so calm the fuck down, but I've only seen it once. <laughs> it is a Ghostbusters-themed high C drink uh, in the box that was just called Ecto Cooler. And memory serves me, it had a, like, this is going to sound weird and made up, but if I had to equate the flavor of it, it would be specifically green grape. <laughs> See, that's my least favorite flavor of grape, so I don't think I'd have that. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, and it was green, um, mm. obviously, to stay on brand with the ectoplasm from Ghostbusters. And there was a time in elementary school when I was drinking it that a kid uh, made me laugh so hard that this <laughs> green drink started coming out of my nose all over the table. And um, I'm sure I haven't had sinus problems since. Uh, well, A, you just burned a secret that Brad could have stolen from you. <laughs> B, I noticed that all of your childhood school stories involve Ghostbusters in some way. <laughs> Was this True. kid who made you laugh so hard? Is he the same one who you Maybe. stole your uh, your marshmallow man from? Maybe. Uh, wouldn't that be some uh, dramatic irony? Yeah. Oh. I, you know, I, I could talk about Ecto Cooler all day, but yeah. before we move on, I will just say the ectoplasm in Ghostbusters, I don't look at that stuff caked all over Bill Murray and think, I want to drink that. Nothing about that <laughs> looks refreshing. You know, Harry Potter butterbeer, yeah. okay, sure. They talk a lot about how good that is. It's so, delicious, I, for the like, record. If that you like sugar. really good. Um, I, I feel that way about a lot of things in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, the whole premise of Nickelodeon and the, the green slime, like, people were dying to, like, get on Double Dare, and uh, uh, you can't do that on television, and, like, oh, man, I want to be slimed. But that just sounds awful and disgusting, and... Who knows? Like, you can't get sand out of places for a long time. I don't even <laughs> want to get started on slime and how hard that's going to I go. bet the slime's easier than sand to get out. That's what you would expect. What if the slime, what if the secret ingredient in slime is sand? Then we're all fucked. That, that is, well, no, everyone on Nickelodeon is fucked. I knew a girl who had been on a Nickelodeon show, one of the ones where you answer, like, you're at the podium, you answer questions. If you answer wrong, you get slimed in the face. She said, the thing is, though, you would never know, like, if you got the answer right or wrong until you got slimed. So oftentimes your mouth would be open and you'd get oh. slime in the mouth. And apparently, slime doesn't taste good. I, I would not expect it to. That's, that seems right, because they used to sell the slime. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. the, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Little, yeah, and I think I tasted it because oh, I was a child. <laughs> Always taking risks for science. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, they sold the ectoplasm too. Uh, they had the big Ghostbusters playset, which was the the mansion, the 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 old firehouse, and yeah. then you would pour the slime into this grate at the top of the mansion, and um, it would just drip down past all the different floors, and it was like this. Uh, it actually was like a purple. It was not the the translucent color of snot bullshit in, in the movie. Um, but maybe I can't remember what color the ectoplasm was on the cartoon because that's where they actually made their toys from. We are doing a show about home improvement. <laughs> and only home improvement. <laughs> home improvement. Uh, your home could be improved with the addition of Ecto Cooler. <laughs> Ecto Cooler in theaters 20 years ago. Um, yeah, so we watched an episode of Home Improvement today. Yeah. Do we want to talk about what we saw? Or do we want to keep going with the ectoplasm? <laughs> no, let's just talk about it. Um, let's talk about NSYNC. <laughs> well, okay, we're, this is going to be a very Different, one-sided discussion. Yeah, this is going to be at the end of uh, the Home Improvement series. So the boy bands quite haven't crested into popularity. As Bullshit, new kids on the block, baby. They were still new They were still proto-boy band. No, that, no, dude, that, that is the early boy are you band. trying to fight me right now? <laughs> You're fighting uh, on her turf also. Boy bands are kind of her thing. Uh, excuse me, I was in a boy band uh, in high school. <laughs> Landon's stories just get better and better. Okay, which and and which Ghostbusters toy was involved in this? (laughs) Would you guys call yourselves the Slimers? We were called Meltdown. Okay, this is pretty close, dude. Uh, And we did two talent shows. Oh, man. Neither of which we won because we had a kid from another school in our group. So you were DQ'd immediately? (laughs) Exactly, yeah. You brought in a ringer? Actually, uh, he he was from another school, uh, the joining town over. And uh, our school, so he he performed in our talent show. And then we went and did his talent show where he was the only kid from that school in that uh, performance. And the four of us were from a different school entirely. Um, so and we, we really deserve to be disqualified. But that kid's name was Kid Rock. <laughs> and these His were name the... is Robert, okay? Oh, Robert. Bobby? Kid, Kid Rock. Why Robert. is that in my brain? Why do you know that? He's not a boy band. He's just the worst boy. <laughs> Let's go into the episode that we watched this week. Um, do you want to go into a synopsis of some sort? I'll try. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm ready Since to you catch asked. you if you fall. <laughs> uh, nice little Foley work there. When Randy is challenged by the neighborhood bully to a sled race, he accepts. <laughs> Checks out so far. Book your part. A plus. Tim, in order to help Randy win, gives the sled more power. Yeah, yeah good. Great. She went up for a high five. <laughs> when Randy tries out Tim's upgrades, he lands himself a trip to the ER. When Jill finds out, she originally objects to Randy participating. But after talking to Randy, she agrees to let him race. Meanwhile, Brad tries to get his Bill Clinton on and takes saxophone lessons, much to the chagrin of Tim. You know what? I just realized that's why he's taking sax lessons. Everyone was into that back then. There was a big spike in saxophone popularity in the 90s. That's right. How else can you explain Kenny G? I, I really can't, if not for that. Uh, the, the instrument as a whole would have died out. Jazz would have stopped existing were it not for the Clinton presidency. That's right. Um, okay. Classic that, white man saving a black man's art form. I know. A real Ryan Gosling and La La Land I was going to say a real, a real uh, Back to the Future situation. Ah. Boom! I, I will freely acknowledge that thing about Back to the Future, but we're not going to get into a debate about another beloved 80s franchise because we have to talk about home improvement. We I, do. do I guys... know how loosey-goosey things are on your show where we just talk about all <laughs> pop culture, but here it's one thing. No, it's not. Do you guys want to guess what the title of this episode is called? Yes. Tool Runnings. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> that is good. Uh, uh, everything... I, I wish that was it, actually. Damn it. 
Uh, everything you ever wanted to know about sax, but were afraid to ask. <laughs> Scratch that. I wish that was it. <laughs> um, is, that, is that all you got? I mean, that, that title alone is like... That's pretty good. Ten that, words long. That's about the best I have. I also got a sledgeucation. Oh, that's good. The misledgeucation of Lauren Hill. <laughs> or snow day in hell. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's not as good as tour running. Again, or, or, that, that sounds like a horror film that would be on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead Man's Curve. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's all I got. The name of this episode, you guys were all so very close. It's called Slip Sledding Away. Mm. All of ours were better yeah. than that. We crushed we crushed this one. We kicked the writer's they, asses. They should the hire us to retroactively <laughs> rename the episodes. I've been saying that since season one. Sometimes they can stay, but I'd say sixty to eighty percent of them we need to fix. Yeah. yeah. That's that that is our that is our it is a duty and it is an honor, and I would love to do that. So A duty and an honor? If, if either he would or you would. It's just I can't win with you. Two. I kept my mouth shut on a that. A duty? One. Yeah, a duty. Yeah, I can't So real quick sidebar. In law school, they talk about duty all the time, and every time, everyone in the class go. <laughs> oh, it wasn't just you. It wasn't no, just no, one no, no, no. Who's going to not a be thing. a lawyer. It was Some lawyers the... have a, a dirty sense of humor. Yeah, and we're all alcoholics. It's fine. <laughs> oh, so we are you back to lawyering now? Or That's back one of my other gigs, yo. Oh, <laughs> no, okay, okay. You know what? A superhero who doubles as a lawyer—that would be pretty good. You that know, is I, I have called to... Matt Murdock, Daredevil. That is called. Jessica Walters, She-Hulk. <laughs> what? Wait, Jessica Walters? Yeah, yeah. from Arrested Development. Uh, Jennifer Walters. Oh yeah, that's a very different thing. I would watch. I would get into Jessica Walter as She-Hulk, <laughs> just walking around, just like Hulk Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, <laughs> we're out of gin. I'm going to destroy everything. What is this accent? That's, I know, that's, it kind of sounds like an effeminate. That's uh, Mrs. Featherbottom, like 1950s neighbor uh, yeah. on a sitcom. Yeah, probably that. Probably that's probably what it is. Uh, so yeah, that was the episode, though. A lot of sled racing. Yeah, how do you guys feel about it? Sam? You. Uh, You've been keeping up with our podcast, but you haven't been keeping up watching the episodes of Home Improvement. That is correct. So how did you feel? Uh, welcome back again. <gasps> Thanks. As our, our <laughs> the... only took us 20 minutes in. Welcome back. Am I the first return guest? You are. I do believe you are. <gasps> you guys. <laughs> Thank you. You've both been repeated return guests on my show. Yes, I know. And you're, and we're. this is the first of many, many happy returns. Aww. It was Christmas last week, so we're still doing yes. it. Yeah. It, our Christmas episode aired last week oh um, right 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 cool we really threw you for a second there. you, you did like, what, <laughs> what um, year is it christmas in july so, since <laughs> oh, you haven't August. been keeping up with the show yeah um you were on season two uh and it's been almost i'd say a full season yeah uh evolution of the show okay how does it feel going back into it do you see any changes i do uh uh zachary ty bryan mm-hmm. is much better oh better okay yeah Okay. Yeah. He's had a lot to chew on over the last year. Um, Lots of scenery. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It's just getting really ready to peak as that heartthrob. <laughs> see it. I was like, whoa, JTT. I'm going to put you on my wall soon. He is a child. I was <laughs> and so I speaking she. <laughs> as a six-year-old, <laughs> sir. Not as a whatever age I am now, year old. Okay, very graceful. Very just, just keeping it, keeping on the. De- no one will notice at all. Thank you. Um, As a twenty-four-year-old, I will never 
say such a thing. As an 18-year-old. As a, he's only half my age. He's 12, you guys. Um, uh, Tara Noah Smith. Mm-hmm. Not as terrible as I was expecting him to be, but terrible. we also... See, in this episode, you. he has like two it. lines. So, and then, and then he dips out at the end there, and there's yeah. a body double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jill's hair is much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We've, we've worked past the Marsha Clark hair. It's yeah, better. Yeah, it's yeah. a better situation. The trial's over now. Um, I laughed. It hasn't even started. It hasn't even started yet. <laughs> I laughed more than I did this episode. I'm also in a better place. Yeah. So that might have something to do with it. Unless you have bad sled memories that are really actively ruining your life, this is <laughs> well, probably going to be easier of, to handle. Casper, that's what I kept thinking of in this mo- in this show. I don't know why you just became a 90-year-old woman. <laughs> Casper. Casper. Casper died on a sled. And you know what? We made fun of Tim for making fun of old people doing an old person voice. It's one thing to make fun of old people. It's another thing to make fun of Sam in an old person voice. <laughs> Fair. Guys, that's why I hid my age. I'm actually 83. <laughs> well, well, then can you get us... If you get us an AARP discount at the Denny's, then all of this is, you know, all, all is forgiven. We'll take it all back. What's your Casper uh, comment? Oh, Casper died on a sled. Oh, yeah. And I kept thinking about that, and then I kept thinking about Jenny Sadarsky, R.I.P. Well, well, I don't think she died. She just broke up with Brad, unless Randy killed her afterwards. But she was in Casper. She was, as I see every time I look She's, at the Topps trading card. She was the bully to poor Cat. Oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize she was the bad girl. Yeah, she was like the like popular girl who'd had no... Time for Cat, and then they want to. They she tried to ruin her party, but then the ghost freaked her and her boyfriend out, and they they got caught on the lights as they ran out. You guys, it's really great. Was there a montage set to "It's My Party" and I'll cry if I want to? Um, the ghosts do sing that at one point as they're leaving the kitchen, <laughs> but they sing "It's My Party" and I'll die if I want to. Uh, that is such a ghost move. It yeah. is, is, and it's if, the. It's the three mean uncles that are singing it. Oh, I, doesn't one of them have a special bed with like pipes and stuff in it? Because isn't there one of them like a farting ghost or something? Well, or there's I... Fatso. Yeah. Who's voiced by Brad Garrett. Okay. Oh, The brother from yeah. Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh-huh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so sounds kind of like this. Yeah? Something like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that? Kind of. You know what I like about ghosts? <laughs> Truman, how did you feel about this episode? Uh, I didn't feel great about it. This is an episode that I remembered again. I, mm. I think th- this episode I last week's, yeah, I, well, but I mean, it's rare for me to remember them. That's fair, yeah. I remember the plot point of Randy coming in with his wrist hurt and going like, ah, yeah, the, ah, my sled went one way and my wrist went the other way. sexy child voice? It's very distressing. Mm, you've, oh, okay, well, only one of us found it sexy, I think. <laughs> but he's like using that like raspy, it's it's disconcerting. Sam, do you have a JTT poster on your wall right this second? Of that age, JTT. <laughs> no. Oh, do Sam, my car one? broke down outside. Can you help me with my homework? <laughs> Is that your sexy voice? No, that's that's Jonathan Taylor Thomas's sexy it's voice. It's a spot on impression. That, I do Jonathan Taylor Thomas role play. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just and just day to day, I mean, just walking around the house, just like they call it fool time. <laughs> so you remember this episode? I remember that point. Yeah. I don't remember anything else from it. I just okay. remember. I remember there was an episode of Home Improvement where where Brad hurt his wrist. Yeah. Nope, Randy. Well, yeah. Then I didn't remember anything from this episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm better at this, and I don't even host it. Yep, yep, yep. You're you're crushing it. You are. <laughs> this is an audition for a new host. So. I mean, do we want to just, do we want to just like, 
Well, since you asked, I'll tell you how I felt about it. Oh, um, oh wow. hey, hey, Landon, how did you feel <laughs> yeah, about this episode? Tell us how you felt. Uh, I actually, this is one that I remember very vividly uh, because. Did you relate to little Randy? I actually had a broken wrist while this episode aired. As a 11 year old uh, who have just broken his wrist and seeing that uh, character that I had uh, related to so much on the show that was impressing upon me so much uh, in my childhood also broke his wrist. Well, sprained his wrist, hurt his wrist, whatever, um, <laughs> was just like a little mind blowing. It's like, oh, my God, am I affecting the TV show or is the TV show affecting me? Answer, neither. But <laughs> as an 11 year old, you don't know that. Do you think this was a real, sorry, Truman Show situation happening? I didn't mean, I knew, I, I know, wanted to like preemptively apologize. But I'll get into the nitty gritty of what reminded me of what when uh, when we go into the deep dive, which is right. Holding my breath so that I don't drown in the deep end. Now, sploosh. We open at the set of tool time. With a bouncing grunt creep with arms, looking like he's running away from some sort of terror. Oh, I thought it was a reindeer. Oh no! I thought it was like antlers. No, those are hands. Yeah, those are those are those are like jazz hands. But uh, I'm fearing for my life. Jazz antlers. Yikes! Yeah, as he's bouncing away from, I have to presume uh, the oil drum. Yeah, where all the transitions are. So he's made a break for it. Or the bully. A war of transitions. True, or or he's just escaped from the prison. He's, <laughs> Maybe. he's just pulled up an Andy Dufresne, and he's, he's no on longer his way bound out. to the uh, transition realm. Instead, he's bounding away. <laughs> uh, to me, it just looks like he's every time the grunt creep bounces toward me, I assume he's trying to kill me. That's the thing. <laughs> I thought we covered this last week. He's an empathetic character uh, that deserves our sympathy. I, you know what? I I form a new opinion on the grunt creep every week. And fair. <laughs> my strongest opinion is that hey, he's got he's just got hands and not big, buff, thick with two C's arms, and that's all that matters. Which uh, the <laughs> question now comes up: Are there multiple grunt creeps? There would have to be, unless unless it's just unless he like he's in a time loop. Oh, okay. Yeah, who knows what happens in the in the void in the transition yeah. land? I, or you know, well, I think what happens is he pumps lots and lots of iron to get those thick ass arms. There was an episode where he was just so built, he just roided out, yeah, just really crazy. But then I think then he just, but then in, also in the void, if you don't, if you skip like one day at the gym, you lose it all, and I think that's <laughs> what it is. There you go. And yeah. he still has not done leg day, which is why he has no legs. He just he can only spring around. He can only bounce. Um, How would he do leg day if he has no legs? I don't know, man. We don't live in the oil drum. You're right. <laughs> or do we all live in the oil drum? You know what? Sometimes I think this whole podcast is an oil drum. <laughs> uh, so then we start the episode of Tool Time with Tim pulling a joke that Al did in season one. And it's almost like, okay, you can't just let let that let him have that. They, they do this bit a lot where Tim opens a tiny lunch pail and pulls out a huge submarine sandwich. <laughs> that specific joke they do a lot? I well they've done they've done the specific joke of like, oh this box is small. Right. Oh look at the big things I'm pulling out. It's conspicuously on top of a desk or a deck or something. Uh yeah. And speaking of the deck, they are um, talking about how to fix floors. Uh but they're using the same deck prop that they used uh, on a previous episode yeah it's called a budget and they're stuck with it it's a cable access show they have to reuse materials look you're dealing with a producer i know how this shit works but layoff floors and and decks are built differently it doesn't matter all they're doing is just making recreating noises you get 
Yeah, but also this is a show with two people who build things for a living. You'd think they would just build each of the things. You assume they build things for a living. <laughs> what they actually do for a living is fuck things up on television. I, look, you're talking to the two people who study this. Ex- like, we know what they do. I'm just... For me, it's just like, maybe don't reuse stuff. You know, it's like if Julia Child came out on her show and was like, oh, I've got... I'm not even going to try for an, for an impression. Oh, I've got another... I made this roast the other day. Oh, I've I'm got a roast! Do, there you go. That's good. You know what I like about Julia Child? <laughs> Her voice is so spot on. Uh, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem right on a tw- on a home improvement building stuff show to be using stuff you already built. Well, I disagree. Well, I won't watch the show. Uh, so yeah, they're trying to figure out like, well, Tim uses the sub sandwich yeah. to like. It was like, how can you make how can you make squeaky floorboards into a sexist diatribe? Well, let me show you. Your wife wants you to be on a healthy diet. You want to eat sub sandwiches in the middle of the night. You get up and try and tiptoe over to where you've got the sub sandwich hidden, and there's a creek, and then she's like, Don't yeah. eat that! He not only manages to uh, portray women, uh, especially wives, in the the uh, uh, rolling, pin. rolling pin caricature, yeah. but also diets and people that are trying to be healthy by suggesting that she wants you to be on a low-cal mulch and grass diet. Yeah. And furthermore... If I was going to be breaking a diet, uh, like a shrink-wrapped sub-sandwich buried somewhere. Like, yeah, it wasn't even appealing looking. I'm never craving, I've never craved a sub-sandwich. It's because you haven't been to the right sub-shop. Probably so. Yeah. But even then, like if I'm craving unhealthy food, it's typically fried. Oh, I think everyone has their own. I did, did uh, <laughs> was there, what's the name of the place? Jimmy John's. Was there a Jimmy John's uh, where you grew up? Uh, no, we didn't have Jimmy John's in Oregon. I think it's ah, up there now. There you go. But I've never I, had a Jimmy John. I <laughs> I got hooked on Jimmy John's for a while, and I would say that that probably contributed to my highest weight that I uh, ever had. They're and, freaky fast. Yeah, well, it's also, yeah, the fact that they bring it to you, so you have to do zero work to get that <laughs> Jimmy John. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, um, on my college campus, right across the street, there was a place called... I don't remember. It's irrelevant. But they had nice this. Nice plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's called like the sub shop or something. Anyway, they had Creative. this like crazy good sauce that we mm. swear they put some kind of drug in because as soon as you finished your sub, you wanted like four more. Ooh. It was so good. Also, I will do a shout out to Potbelly. Uh, it's a Chicago based thing, but it's also mm. in Michigan. Uh, Sam, you can mm, all you want, but that doesn't change my opinion that it was so delicious at the time uh, when I ate meat. I don't eat meat anymore. I can't imagine that I would enjoy their sprout subs. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> sprouts little... are garbage. Sprouts are all right. All right. Vegetable in, fight. In, in Vegetable mod- fight. <laughs> in moderation. If there's too many sprouts, they overpower. What's the point? Then... Yes, Landon urging stuck moderation in your teeth. In sprouts. <laughs> uh, if I can do a quick shout out to my campus sub shop, a place called uh, Subway. Um, <laughs> a lot of the reason that I don't like submarine sandwiches anymore is because I ate there a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, so um, don't go to Subway. Uh, do you want a fun little story about Jared from Subway? I think I've heard it. No. <laughs> Wait, have you? <laughs> what? Not the, the child porn thing. <laughs> Gotta love that. You want to hear a fun story? Not about the child porn, though. <laughs> okay. Tell me some other detail about this man's life. So um, my one of my college professors was the RA the college that Jared went to. Indiana University. How do I know that? <laughs> That's correct. Wow, that is really impressive. You know, I know Kid Rock facts. You know Jared from Subway Facts. Anyway, um, Jared was kind of an asshole 
I, I'm not sure the... Aside from being a pedophile. Right, right, right. <laughs> like he wasn't one of those polite pedophiles. He was one of those really <laughs> assy ones. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not sure the circumstances which led up to it, but eventually my professor had to kick Jared out of the dorm. So he ends up having to move into an apartment, but he has no money. So what he would do is he would go to Subway and buy a foot long and eat it for lunch and dinner. And that's how he lost all the weight. So my RA or my professor is responsible for inflicting Jared upon us all. I would say Jared being an asshole is the reason that Jared inflicted all of us. Because if he wasn't an asshole, your RA wouldn't have to kick him out. Let Brian have credit for this. I will give Brian all the pedophile credit. Yeah, Brian can take as much credit for Jared Fogle, who no one liked. Even when people just thought he was a subway spokesman, no one liked him. So yeah, take yeah. credit for the guy nobody likes. I bet he stopped telling that story now. <laughs> oh man, he must be so boring at parties. Okay. Back on the set of Tool Time. So there's a bunch of jokes about like how to determine whether you've got a squeak, a creak, or a groan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they actually Klaus so actually plays that noise at one point, which is basically I think Tim Allen's yeah. O noise, if you ask me. <laughs> Ew. Uh, that's exactly what I think it was. I, th oh, man. That that noise Poor happened three times, and that's where the boys come from. <laughs> uh, Tim makes a joke about how houses groan like old people, and then starts doing a bunch of impressions of the elderly. And that's Not when even Truman just... flipped off the television. Because it wasn't just the elderly, it was like specifically Jewish old people. And also it was like, he he wasn't even doing like a funny joke about, he wasn't like setting up an expectation and subverting it. He was just like, nah, I'm old, my joists are, except more Jewish than that. <laughs> You know what I like? Uh, it's really, it's really bad. It's yeah. not funny. No, it's it's not. like all offensive with zero humor value. And I'm, I'm going to say, I actually was able to finally feel what it's like to be a Tool Time audience watcher. Mm -hmm. No, audience member watching. We tool are time. Tool Time audience watchers. Holy cow! Okay, because I have very squeaky floors in my mm. apartment, and I have gone through the process of having them fixed. Uh, much in the way that they're trying to do in this episode. And then when Tim starts going off on his tangents, I'm like, no, 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 but go back to the project. I want to know how to fix these floors that I always get complaints about and I can't do anything about. Um, and I don't get I don't get that satisfaction. So tool time is just like a bunch of blue balls. Also, Tim's tie was wild. <laughs> that's uh, what that's I true. noticed. Yeah, it was, it was very uh, ab 90s abstract. Actually, it looks a lot like almost anything Randy wears at any given time. You leave Randy alone. Also, you guys, Al is still very attractive. Yes, he is Al-attractive. I mean, you just push so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and Al's attractive face gets a little makeover when they're demonstrating how to squirt talcum powder out of a ketchup bottle in between the joints of your floors. <laughs> Truman calls it the second that the ketchup bottle appears on the screen. Jim uh, was like, oh, that's going in Al's face. <laughs> and sure enough, Tim squirts a bunch of talcum powder into Al's face, and the camera lingers on this for seven and a half years. <laughs> really to just let the humor of this... It's like, hey guys, I'm not sure if you get this. The powder wasn't supposed to be on his face. And then Tim continues to make fun of Al, even after he's done this to him, calling him uh, a mime, telling him he went to mime school, and then just starts miming picking apples off a tree. It's just like... And Tim, come on. And that's also, Tim, you're doing the worst mime routine. Do man trapped in glass box. That's the quintessential mime. Or do the rope. Picking yeah, no, one, no one ever does apples. As two people who mimed an entire baseball game, I expected better. I expected better, and that's all I'm going to say. Fair. Sam, you look like you have an opinion. Uh, no. Just you, you usually Tim... have that look, but... <laughs> Tim's just the worst. 
That's really, it's not, it's not deep. It's not a deep opinion. It's just, it's just surface level. Surface level. Surface yeah. level. I mean, um, nothing about him is redeeming to me. So I thought we would get a talcum powder transition into the theme song. What we get instead is out of nowhere, Al gets cut out of the background and the background falls backwards and Al falls forward and we go into the theme song. Has We weren't dealing with saws or anything uh, on the show, so I call that a lazy transition. <laughs> it's also creepy as fuck. It was. I, I don't even that, That's one thing anymore. I think since last time you uh, had watched and this one is the transitions have really migrated to something else. Yeah, yeah they made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I remember what it felt like being able to have opinions and feelings about the transitions on home improvement. I remember when they used to upset me. Now you just have to disassociate. Yeah, yeah basically. That's the only way one can stay sane. And so we have the same theme song, I'm assuming, since the last time you were here. Yeah. Uh, it did not change at all, but the boys certainly have. Yes. Um, and as we go through, uh, as per usual, the boys rearrange themselves. I did notice this time that they rearrange themselves, as we've said, for about five or six hours. Yes. Uh, but then they end up in the wrong arrangement. <laughs> Mark is in the middle and oh, Brad yeah. is, uh, it goes Brad, Mark, Randy. But if you're going by age, it should be Brad, Randy, Mark. Mm-hmm. So it still gets fucked up. So we watch for seven hours for no reason. Uh, pans across the boys' faces. Brad stares in our soul to steal our secrets in order to retain his childlike innocence and youthful face. Uh, well, he got one of my secrets. He stole one of your secrets. Well, I, he stole a secret. It's not necessarily personal to me. Okay. But he stole something that I was keeping under wraps. Unless he stole a secret from you that you want to share on air. Maybe you're not familiar with this segment. No, I, oh. I was, I'm a regular listener. Do you have a secret? Did he te- steal something from you? Sure. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then then you can share yours. I mean, I'm happy to... Uh, how secret does... Brad's choice whether or not he... <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just whichever one of us wants to get it out there in the open. So for I used to work on American Idol. Yeah. For one of the production companies that produced American Idol, which means I was involved with the rap party of the season. It was the second to final season of what was is the real American Idol because the new season, we pretend that doesn't, doesn't exist. Anyway. Of course, yeah. One of the contestants was from my hometown and we were chatting at the party and my best friend from high school lived out here at the time. She went with me to this party. So the three of us were like, oh, same hometown, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'd had a, more than a few drinks. Nice. So had my friend and so had this contestant. And we're going to say bye to him. And he goes to kiss me on the cheek. I go to kiss him on the cheek. But he turns right at that moment. And instead, I plant a big old kiss right on his neck. Nice hickey. <laughs> and I just grab my friend. I'm like, we need to leave. And just <laughs> run out. And then... Uh, a couple months ago, she texted me. She's like, what's the name of that contestant that you kissed on the neck? And I said the name. She goes, oh, yeah, because I'm about to talk to him. I'm going to remind him of that story. And <laughs> she did. And he recalled it perfectly. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Um, he's gay. But, you know, still remembers the creepy girl that kissed him on the neck. <laughs> uh, him being gay has nothing to do with your embarrassment, which is what we're really concerned with here. As is Brad. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just hoping that it meant, like, I wasn't, like, I hope he realized I wasn't coming on to him, that it was a... <sighs> I can't, I can't promise you that. <laughs> I wish I could, I wish I could tell you what you wanted to you hear. Lo- you look deflated, but you know what? You should take solace in knowing that now that we've deflated Brad's power of knowing the secret, it no longer has power at all. So, that secret is out of your life and into the world, into the void with all the transitions. Great. Where it will be killed. Wow. Uh, <laughs> the void is actually Brad's stomach. He just eats the secrets. 
<laughs> and the transitions, they turn into transitions and come out of it. And yet you say Randy's the serial killer. <laughs> well, yeah, Randy's the serial killer. Brad is the transition killer. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Mark uh, is the planet killer. You just wait. So <laughs> <laughs> Destroyer of worlds. So... Yeah. Brad stole that secret. He no longer has it. Suck it, Brad. We go into the garage where we get a sterling rendition of Baba Black Sheep. Uh, I think it was actually Mary Had a Little Lamb. Oh, my bad. But And speak, speaking of, of sucking, Brad <laughs> sucks at playing the saxophone. Um, yeah, he's out there playing uh, while Tim is working on the hot rod. Tim plainly hates listening to his son play music. Uh, but is also trying to be a good dad and encourage him. He says at one point, you know, Brad says at one point, ah, I should just quit, I'm no good. And Tim says, I'm no good at a lot of things. That never stopped me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good. Imbue your kids with the unearned confidence of Tim Taylor. <laughs> it's called white man's confidence, yo. Yeah, well, and Tim Taylor is the whitest of white men. That's right. Then Tim, you know, after he finishes encouraging him, walks into the kitchen where Jill is <laughs> mopping the floor, uh, saying that he's kind of lamenting here. He's like, uh, maybe, maybe... Brad, Brad wants to quit, and maybe we shouldn't stop him. Yeah, like maybe he, that wouldn't be a bad thing. He goes from saying like, "Oh, you got to stick with it," to going into the kitchen, and going like, "Yep, Brad's almost ready to quit. Good for us." <laughs> uh, Jill says something weird. She she says, "Oh, well, Brad begged us for those saxophone lessons." That doesn't sound like the Brad I know. It doesn't, and they just so ham fisted it into the last episode. Uh, Brad Brad was just playing the sax off screen in his room, lamenting uh, that he couldn't go on a ski trip. So, which is a typical response to being denied a ski trip. <laughs> hey, where's your Lisa Simpson? <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, it's because Bill Clinton was on the Arsenio Hall show playing the saxophone. He's like, "This is how I get Jenny back. I learned how to play the sax." He, he's got a new boo, Bo. What? He's got a new boo, and her name is Bo Burnham. <laughs> Eighth grade in theaters now. Uh, well, you, th- you think what? That's the thing. Like he's going to show up playing "Careless Whisper" or uh, or just he's just going to be holding up the saxophone like Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> Not even making music. Is this how it works? <laughs> I love that. He's I just mean, holding it up and yelling, "Jazz, jazz, <laughs> jazz!" Brad is dumb enough where he might think that that's how how that's it would true. go down. Yeah, but yeah. So so Jill is insistent that oh no, we just need to help him keep with it. He's going to get so much from it. We should encourage the boys to have hobbies. And uh, she says something like, "Oh yeah, I bet Mozart's parents had to listen to plenty of bad stuff when he started." And and Tim goes, "Oh well, they." Well, what, what, what do they expect? They named their son Wolfman, and she goes, Wolfgang. And he goes, yeah, a whole gang of wolves. What's the difference? <laughs> Which is really stupid, but <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. I can't explain it. It just made me happy. So we're talking about it now. I like it. If we're going to be fair arbiters, we have to call out the Tim Taylor things that we do like. Yeah. As, as, as the more he grows grading, uh, I think it's important to, to highlight his good side as well. Um, I also have a line here that uh, I don't remember the context for, but this I just know that he he made an Al's mom joke in the kitchen for no reason. Oh, yeah. Al's mom at a luau. The saxophone sounds like Al's mom at a luau. Ah, uh, yes, that's what it was. Wait, but also, I don't even understand. Like, the jokes about Al's mom have gotten so bizarre now. Like, what, she sound, literally sounds like a goose hunting? Guys, I think Tim might be in love with Al's mom. Oh, that's good. Ooh. That is some fanfic I'd like to see. <laughs> that, that, that Tim only works with Al because he's trying to get to Al's mom. Yeah. That would be very satisfying. Interesting. And then he gets together with Al's mom. Al and Jill finally get together, and it's this weird little yeah, that's family dynamic. I exactly want to see. Al, 
Alan. Speak for yourself. Alan Jill's mom get together. Someone else who Tim made fun of their weight a lot. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then that Ooh. leaves Jill a single lady. I mean, good for her. Yeah. No. Hey, maybe Jill wants to les out. Who knows, man? Or she could just be straight and single and be happy with her life. Yeah, but maybe I, she... I know 1993. It's a radical concept. I, I know, but I'm just saying maybe Jill wants to experiment with her sexuality now that she's divorced. Why are we fighting? I don't and know. we go back into the garage <laughs> where uh, we get a. Uh, just like last week, we got a new angle on Wilson's fence. We get a new angle on the garage. I didn't know there's a door to the side of the garage next to Tim's workbench. Oh, yeah, that's Randy what th- comes in through that, carrying his uh, sled and covered in icy snow. Yes. Uh, and Brad says something like, oh, you're all covered in snow. And Randy goes, yeah, thanks. Good one, Sherlock. I didn't really write down what he said. There, there's a joke. There's a joke meant to point to the fact that Brad is an idiot. This episode yeah. makes does a lot of lays a lot of Brad is dumb pipe. I it think. does. It does. Yes. Uh, Randy is upset because he lost a sled race uh, that he was challenged to by uh, was it Vinny? Yeah, Vinny McGurn. Yes. And Brad hates the McGurns. There's this neighborhood is rife with bullies. What were the other boys who were terrorizing them? There was that whole territory dispute last season that was going on. I bet you Brad's actually a bully too, you guys. It would make sense, wouldn't it? If the if this whole neighborhood mm-hmm. is is governed by roving trios of bully boys, then clearly the Taylor boys have to be part of that. Well, also Brad's dumb and like bullies don't tend to be smart. Come for me, bullies. Come for me. But like, yeah, he's like, he's going to be a dumb jock. I bet you he's a bully himself, but he's too dumb to realize he's a bully. That sounds mm. right. Yeah. I don't know, but Randy, I think Randy keeps him on the right track. I, he, he's Then dabbled. how's Randy a psychopath? He's dabbled with, well, that's what I'm saying. He manipulates Brad to his own, he can't have Brad out there drawing attention to the Taylor family. He needs to keep Brad in line so that Randy can work in the shadows. Hmm. We'll see. There's also something Randy did in this scene where I was like, that could either be total psychopath or not psychopath at all. What do you want to say what that is? Yeah. Is it wearing a turtleneck? No. (laughs) It was, he took his wet clothes off and immediately put them in the dryer like a nice, polite young man. True. You know what that is? Uh, Well, this is the same Randy who once said that his uh, skateboarding helmet and pads were cool. Fuck that. (laughs) So, I I don't know. I feel, uh, you know, this this might be one of those cases of the writers trying to, like, make Randy into a good role model because they knew all the ladies loved him and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, safety equipment and putting your wet clothes away. Yeah, but then also that's like a real mama's boy move, which, you know, serial killers a lot of time either, Mm. like, really love their mom or really hate their mom. Yeah. Maybe maybe Mark is the secret because he's the mama's boy. True. Maybe he's, like, he's going to turn out to be the serial killer it's the serial killer is always the one who you don't expect to be a serial killer then it's for sure mark (laughs) so they're trying to think of solutions tim is like trying to moderate like he's trying to get the whole story here between brad and randy and brad's already like suggesting well i got a friend uh you know a guy named troy who uh you give him a quarter and he'll punch himself in the face so i'm sure he'll take care of the the kids for you kids Troy. Troy's a grown man <laughs> going to school for some reason. Troy's um, his nickname. It's actually Jared. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there are so many turtlenecks in this episode. Dude, it's ninety three. Of course. Uh, also, also, it's winter. You got to keep that neck nice and warm. I, my neck is so warm right now. The idea of a turtle doing that job for it. <laughs> It's not not good for me. Uh, also, during during this scene, as like Brad and or well, as Randy and Tim are talking about, oh, the McGurn boys, oh, they say, oh they're so bad. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Brad just keeps going. I hate those guys. 
I hate those guys. Like, it just keeps popping in with it. And then Tim gets annoyed. Yeah. Because he's not the one being annoying. Exactly. And just says, we get it, Brad. Yeah. It felt like something out of a Coen Brothers movie. There are so many there, there are so many scenes <laughs> yeah. in Coen Brothers movies where two people are having a discussion and there's one random dude saying the same thing over and over again. So uh, I'm saying Surprise! Is, Joel and Ethan Coen wrote this episode. Wow! <laughs> this episode is still so much better than The Lady Killers. <laughs> and Hail Caesar. Suck it, Coen Brothers, my favorite directors. Um, so from there yeah so anyway tim encourages randy to challenge the boys to a rematch but then uh decides to soup up randy's sled with yeah. a spoiler and all kinds of other good shit spoiler alert <laughs> we go into the living room by way of a transition where uh again it's a lazy transition we saw it a couple episodes ago where the couch just falls into frame yeah but mark's on it but mark's on it tim wasn't but it's the same template oh. and i'm just saying it's lazy yeah. yeah dust didn't fly up around it this time oh that's true yeah which that gives was, gives it a lower rating that was a, a good touch on that last one yeah i know really we get a sense of, of like weight in in the world that's what's key with special effects is giving well, it a sense of presence yes. mark was on it so it weighs less this time oh but things fall at the same velocity uh he's watching tv and jill is um rushing downstairs she's already dressed she wants to get him out the door to get him a haircut <laughs> to which he calls her out and he's like are you sure you don't want to just get out of here to stop hearing brad practice the sax <laughs> well she's she's taking brad to a sax lesson she wants an excuse to not have to sit and listen oh got it okay got it yeah i missed that part uh but yeah so she so he says he says that and she goes uh, I never said that, and if someone else hears that, uh, you didn't hear it from me, or something like that. Like, she just <laughs> yeah. covers all of her tracks. It's funny. And then Brad comes down, and it's blatantly apparent he has gone through a growth spurt. Uh, we're going to be talking about Randy's uh, shortness in a little bit here, but Brad, uh, by comparison, has, like, grown three inches, I feel like, since the last episode. She, he is almost as tall as Jill. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he, uh, certainly, this, he's, a big, he's a big strapping boy. This is not relevant to what we were just saying. Oh. But I was going to say, Jill, I don't notice her accent as much as you do, except when she said sexophone. Sexophone? That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. She, there's certain words that it really comes through <laughs> on. Sexophone. That was really it. It's not relevant. So when uh, Mark leaves to go get his hat and, and jacket, uh, she has a little talk with Brad. Who no, wants he already to... had the hat and jacket on. Wow. <laughs> he had already walked outside. So, cool. <laughs> this so, is why you have me on. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> that way you can That's avoid why. corrections corner. That's good. Via we, text we, we, message. We get them in real time. You don't yell at us when you just jump in the middle of our show. It doesn't build up the anger. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she he doesn't want to go. Jill sits him down and starts and starts trying to convince him that no, learning music is a good thing. I used to learn flute. You know, I used to take flute lessons and. Hey, you know, maybe if you keep with it, we can have mother some son jam sessions. And he just goes, oh, yeah, that's a goal. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Um, and then. Oh, and then Randy comes home. Yes. Just as Jill leaves, Randy comes hobbling in the back door. I guess he doesn't yeah. really hobble because his legs are fine. <laughs> his wrist comes hobbling in the back door. Although I think when I broke my wrist uh, right before this episode, I was probably hobbling as well. Yeah. My whole body's like, how am I going to show that I'm hurt unless I'm hobbling? Got to get that sweet, sweet attention. If you're not hobbling, you're leaving attention on the table. That's exactly right. Yeah. Oh, These man. are only child tips, guys. You got three only children talking to you right now. This is how you get all the attention for you. You bit your tongue. You're like walking like your ankle's broken. You're like, mm, don't pay attention to me. Blood. Blood. <laughs> um, so uh, Brad starts asking him uh, about the challenge and that... Uh, he took Dead Man's Curve going a little too fast uh, due to the spoiler that um, 
Tim has put on the sled, and <laughs> Brad uh, asks him something, and he goes, I think I was going so fast I missed my next birthday. <laughs> Which is a pretty, that sounds like the kind of joke they would tell in, like, a dial-up internet commercial. <laughs> Like, oh man, this internet's so fast. It's 20 megabits per second. I missed my next birthday. Oh, that's so funny. Um, it feels really funny when you say that it's so funny. <laughs> Nothing better drives home the humor of a joke than being told it was funny. But I'm sorry, continue. I'm being an asshole. I'm being so funny. German, you are a funny person. Um, we move on to... <laughs> I think it's the tone. It's like you end it on a like a middle tone. So that you're not making a statement. Mm-hmm. It's a transitionary good. That's tone. Good. It's like, yeah. Anyway. Context is everything. Um, they all leave, uh, yes. except for Randy, who is yes. icing his wrist. And uh, Tim comes in and starts inspecting it, which uh, this was one of the first moments where I'm like, yeah, Randy, actually listen to Tim and let him go through this whole test here. He knows what he's talking about. I think this is a case where the writers were like, oh, Randy's talking? Randy always makes jokes, even when he's hurt. Let's just keep going with the Randy jokes. <laughs> Yeah, but Tim's like, okay, can you do this with your wrist? Can you do and like Tim would know he he's broken bones in his body before. Yeah, but Randy's kind of joking his way through it, and um, which is just like his dad. It's <laughs> just like yeah. his dad. Yeah, yeah. But also, Jonathan Taylor Thomas really sold it, and I laughed a couple. of you times. You did laugh a lot during this episode. Jo- okay, this, uh, I was just so scene. infatuated. Let's dude. Let's talk. Let's talk for a second. I Jonathan Taylor Thomas. We've always said he was good. This episode, particularly later when he's talking to Jill, yeah. he's doing some fucking acting. Yeah, he's got great. good comedic timing. Yes. Later, he like really drives home the drama. Those emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Those are the two things. It's a two. It's a two. It's a two pronged. It's the masks. Act. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the comedy mask. He's got the drama mask. Yeah. It's it's like his two fists. He's got the drama fist and the funny fist. That's and that's bread. Oh, right. You're right. It's like, okay, Randy has the comedy knife and the <laughs> sadness knife. And both knives make you sad when he stabs you with them. <laughs> That's the great defect of the knives. Uh, the end of the scene is Tim is like, okay, well, we should probably take you to the ER because his wrist hurts a little too much. Um, and that, I don't remember what the transition out of that Oh, was. a doctor walks across Oh, that's the right. It was a weird white... Yeah, I the, didn't like that one either. Yeah, it was the, yeah, it's just like, ah, oh, random doctor. It's it's one thing in like Star Wars when a character in the scene wipes it to the next. It's way more disconcerting when a character from the next scene wipes the previous or the one that you're currently watching. It's one thing to have an audio bridge to the next scene, but to actually have one of the characters take a brief vacation <laughs> in the scene. It's it's like, is there a doctor in the house? Yes, for a moment there is. He's walking through. <laughs> Uh, and we're at the ER where, um, everybody knows Tim. This, this is, Tim to the ER is Norm to Cheers. Oh, Landon, you (laughs) made the same note I made. This is great. Oh, sorry. Yours is probably going to be funnier. No, I was honestly going to say, like, Tim, Tim takes Randy to the emergency room where everybody knows him like Norm at Cheers. That's funny. (laughs) What about the cast of Friends at Central Perk? Nailed it. (laughs) That joke went into the void. (laughs) That was really funny, Sam. I... Oh my god. Thank you. You're welcome. I would have preferred it if they had all gone, Tim, when he walked in. Like, if they had just been open about the fact that they were doing a Cheers thing. But it was still, it was still funny. Everybody yeah. well, knew Well, they did him. kind of do, t- I mean, uh, you know, there's orderlies walking around. Um, and they all say his name. Uh, janitor. They didn't all yell it at once, but he still. Wanted sure. a, he wanted yeah. a straight Cheers riff. I, 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 I really, I, I want every, every single thing that happens to me in life. I'm like, this is great. But it could be more like the TV series Cheers. That would be perfect. <laughs> um, let's go into the first of two character actor corners here. The yeah. nurse. No, not the nurse. Oh. Well, not not the nurse at the station. The nurse, the male nurse that walks by. The nurse. His name's Buzz. 
Um, oh, oh yes. buzz. Hmm. Real on the nose there, guys. <laughs> Tie-ins. <laughs> uh, his name's Lowell, Lowell Sanders. Um, he has, I think he's a stand-up comedian. Because uh, he, he only has two other credits beyond, uh, beyond Home Improvement, which are Jungle to Jungle, <sighs> starring Tim Allen, and Joe Somebody. Starring Tim Allen. It's like Tim Allen only puts his friends on this show. All of these character <laughs> actors have a tie-in to Tim. Uh, Tim and... Oh, he is a stand-up. He was on Just for Laughs, uh, The World Stands Up, and Comics Unleashed. So, oh, okay. Um, not th- actually, oh, yeah, he's got a few more episodes on Home Improvement, too. So we, As the same character? Well, um... I mean, Tim plays, gets hurt a lot. He plays um, a character called Man Number 3 mm-hmm. soon. Oh, nice. And uh, he does play Male Nurse coming up. Okay. Cool. They don't give him a name anymore, but yeah. whatever. He's <laughs> stripped of your name. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's first character actor corner. Uh, now let's go back to the episode. Certainly so, in progress. <laughs> so they're they're at the hospital. They walk in. Uh, everyone is saying hi to Tim. This is genuinely funny. I love everyone knowing Tim. It was very <laughs> it was set up and blocked very well. Yeah. Uh, but then he go. This is what's unrealistic about this. They walk up to the nurse at the desk. No line or anything. Just like. Hey, oh, it's not me today. I'm not hurt. My son's hurt. Oh, chip off the old block, huh? Okay, fill out this paperwork. We'll get you set up. <laughs> where's the huge, like, where's the six-hour wait? Where is all the homeless people, like, doing meth? Where's the people asking for your insurance information? He's been yeah. there so many times. He has one of those punch cards. Yeah. So that's like, <laughs> yeah, didn't they say on that the 10th visit, you go in three. They, they actually made that exact joke. If, if I go <laughs> if I go in there two more times, you get like a free root canal or something. You guys, I could be a home improvement writer. Well, you could. Why are they doing dental work at a ER station? It's a shitty hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those all-in-one clinics. It was budget, uh, budget <laughs> healthcare plans. Oh, man. Um... Anyway, uh, Randy is kind of concerned about telling Jill about the risk. He's like, do we have to tell her? And Tim's like, we can't lie to your mom. I only get two lies a year with her, and I'm not going to waste one on you. Um, Tim also lies to Jill with impunity, constantly. All he does time. not hold to this. Also, I don't... Uh, hey, never mind. I'm not, it's one of those things that, like, it's hard to hold... Is it... I don't know. Where, where, where's our responsibility? It's one of these things that kind of reinforces this negative marriage stereotype of the 90s. I don't think they were quite aware of it at the time. Now it's hard to kind of stomach that. Yeah. Okay. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> Wait, I don't I don't get what you mean. This idea that, you know, the harping housewife, I can only lie to her twice. She only gives me two passes a year. Oh, I better behave myself. You know, this weird, stupid dynamic that. Oh, right. Instead of it being like a true partnership, where yeah, you actually exactly. share things with your partner and it's, work through it together. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the whole rolling pin wife thing again. Right. My, yeah. wa- my wife only allows me to betray her trust twice per year, and I want to use both of those on, on having prostitutes. sex with other women. <laughs> Up top, same you basic You writers for each other. Uh, <laughs> so Tim starts filling out this paperwork for Randy, uh, of course not knowing any details about his own son. Does <laughs> that Did that surprise... Anyone here? Nope. Oh, didn't, okay, great. Didn't surprise me, but also a little depressing. Because so often with me, like, Tim's saving grace is like, but he really loves his kids. <laughs> but he barely knows his kids. Well, that's fine. He works really hard, that's like, That's how three he hours really loves them. Yeah, by like, not... By not interacting with them. <laughs> the best gift he can give them is being minimal in their lives. Holding them at an yeah. arm's length. That's sad that it's true. Um, so they, they finish up the paperwork. They're going to take him into the ER. Now let's go into second character actor corner. We have uh, the the other nurse, played by uh, a woman by the name of Francesca P. Roberts. That is a name you can set your watch to. <laughs> that is a name you can build a house on top of. That is a solid name. Francesca P. Roberts. 
<laughs> so what's the P stand for? I don't have that information. Well, uh, p- petunia. Don't lie to me. I'm, well, you get two lies a year, and you just used one. Yeah, well, um, he's only going to one hooker this year. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, uh, sex worker, sir. Oh, this is also I should have said yeah, sex worker instead of prostitute. I learned from watching you. I'm Go so on. Sorry. Put yourself in 11 year old Landon's mindset, thinking that easy to do. The show is already Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. But the show is already mimicking your life because Randy has hurt his wrist. This woman, I you know, wasn't at the age yet where I was recognizing actors from different things unless they were like Tim Allen. But she's played a nurse in every other thing. I'm sure she's played a lot of nurses. She has that nurse look to her. Well, also, and the 90s, they only cast black women as nurses in ERs. Fair. She did the, the role right after this. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> she, she, Very good, Sam. Very she plays, good. In 1993, she played in Mad About You, nurse. Mm. She was also, in 1994, the nanny in, or in the nanny as Nurse Smith. <laughs> Uh, though in Step by Step, she played a doctor. Oh, oh. hey, getting promoted. Moving um, on up. <laughs> but I knew her uh, from the same year that this was released, uh, from the Super Mario Brothers movie as Bertha. I remember the, Remember that. the big red spikes? With, with, yeah, with the boots. Yep. And she could, have you you've seen Super Mario Brothers movie, right? Absolutely not. Oh. She wasn't invited to my birthday party that oh, year. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I just crashed it. You didn't invite me either. I didn't even know you. The flight to Michigan was insane. Uh, that, she was, yeah. yeah. She was also in Legally Blonde. Um, she, yeah, she's uh, she's been in quite a lot of things. Who was she in Legally Blonde? She was... Nurse? No, <laughs> Marina R. Bickford. And time has expired to try to remember that one. Uh, so that was Character Actor Corner for Francesca P. Roberts. And back to the episode, currently in progress. You know, uh, to, to just quickly refer back to Buzz, the other nurse, not to steal from Francesca's time in the sun... Uh, he, while Tim and Randy are working on the paperwork, Buzz comes in and gives Tim a cup of coffee in a personalized coffee ceramic <laughs> mug for him. It's the way you like it yeah. with, uh, what, two creams, five sugars. <laughs> I like that very much, and I hope that it becomes like the new Timbo hat. Yeah, oh, the Tim, the Tim cup at the yeah. ER. I thought that was brilliant. That might have been one of the funnier bits in the episode for me. Yeah. They... Take uh, Randy, they they expedite Randy into the ER. Uh, I'm telling you, punch card. <laughs> every, every other uh, patient in there. And, uh, oh, we got a gunshot wound victim. No, 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 no. This kid from the suburbs sprained his wrist. <laughs> his dad's famous. Come on, just let, let him on with Let him on in. Famous, in quotes. More famous than Regionally. the guy who got shot. <laughs> there you go. Unless it was a president or something. I don't know. Bill Clinton was fine at the time. Please continue. <laughs> um... And Tim's like, oh, man, it's kind of nice to be at the ER without uh, being the one that's going into the ER. And then, of course, the door swings back and hits him in the face. It's it's terrible. Like, it looked awful. It wasn't even a good, like, it's not a pratfall, but whatever you call the equivalent of that for a door hitting physical. It wasn't even good physical comedy. David Schwimmer, he is not. (laughs) (laughs) David Schwimmer isn't even at the top of the physical comedy list. But sitcom wise, he's okay. He's good, but yeah, I, I wouldn't even include him in my top five. All right, we'll fight later. We go uh, back home. Randy uh, has just sprained his wrist. It wasn't broken. Um, so overall, the potatoes here are pretty small. <laughs> it's very, very small potatoes. Like when you, when you sell us on broken bones up front, and <laughs> yeah. then you're like, whoops, just a sprain. <laughs> okay, great, guys. 
Didn't cost you anything extra. Well, uh, they couldn't have his wrist broken because then he wouldn't actually be able to sled. They're called stakes, and then they'd be higher. <laughs> Joe Morton has a few things to say about that. Um, <laughs> as does Doug Benson when he gets high and goes to a steakhouse. Anyway, uh, they come home, or while Tim comes home, Randy is showing yeah. off his cast next door or whatever. Or actually, no, he's showing off the x-ray that they did of Tim's head. Yes. Where they found... Nothing. Nothing. Uh, uh, and uh, that's so funny. She asks, Jill asks Tim to set the table because uh, they are having pizza for dinner. Tim and is, La- Landon had some thoughts okay. on this pizza. For one thing, I like to just pretend that I'm a pizza expert. Um, but she, you, you have to understand my confusion. She's saying I'm having pizza for dinner. And then she's pouring sauce out of a bowl onto a cookie sheet yeah i was kind of wondering first off it's clearly marinara sauce that she made herself so she's home cooking and it's not a cookie sheet there's dough on the sheet and it's a rectangle because rectangle pizzas were very popular in the 90s if you recall i mean i get it now do you understand the confusion of pouring sauce onto a cookie sheet without seeing the dough no because i saw it immediately but i'm a woman and i'm more observant so, look, guys, look, you know, we're, we're all talking about pizza here, and I feel like now is my time to clue everybody in on a little fact, maybe even that Landon doesn't know about his own hometown. There is a Detroit style of pizza. Called Buddies. I don't, I don't know, Wikipedia didn't include that. Oh, okay. It's the home of the square style pizza. Okay, you do know this. Which has, oh my god, Buddies pizza, I can't say enough good things about. Uh, it has, it's... Unique in that it's um, crust yeah. with the cheese baked on top, and then the sauce drizzled on top of that. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> and I can't remember if they bake the, the ingredients into the cheese or if they put those on after and then do another bake. This sounds great. It is so good. It's very delicious. You guys want to go to Detroit for dinner after <laughs> I this? I kind of do. In fact, buddies uh, will ship their pizzas anywhere in the U.S. You know, there's a place in Chicago that will do that with their deep dish, too. Oh, how about that? We should, we should have a Midwest pizza night. I, it was actually Lou Malnati's. The only thing is, as good as Buddy's Pizza is, as good as any pizza is, no pizza is worth $42 for a single pie. Speak for yourself. I mean, depending on how big the pie is. Uh, this is just a standard, like, four squares, uh, and you get two of those, essentially. So eight pieces. Uh, it's that, a little excessive. Yeah, it's a little excessive. Um, well, I saw her doing the, like, I was confused. I didn't see the dough either, but I saw her doing square marinara shapes, square marinara, if you will. <laughs> and I saw it, uh, marinara, if you will. I saw it. And square I, and square. <laughs> also, it was rectangle. Okay, fine. Rectangle, whatever. It's not a circle, which is the normal shape of pizza, unless you want to ascribe a special shape to that too. Uh, but, uh, I saw her doing it. And I was like, oh, Detroit style pizza. They're staying true to the setting. That's, I really took a long time to talk about Detroit pizza, but... You know what? Uh, my mouth is watering for Buddy's Pizza now, so... He starts talking about the sled, and uh, this is the first time that Jill has, you know, really heard about the accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's kind of lambasting Tim for even souping up the sled in the first place. She's like, what did you, put a motor on it? And Tim goes, what? No, uh, actually... Oh, yeah. And then I'm like... How would a motor help a fucking sled? There's no wheels on it. There's nothing to turn. He put a jet engine on a lawnmower. An engine would help, but that's not a motor. Oh, look at Mr. Landon, the toolman Taylor, all of a sudden, knowing the difference between engines and motors. Well, I don't exactly, so don't hold me to this too much, but an engine helps with thrust. A motor helps with rotation. 
Right. So an engine in this situation would be useful because it would add more thrust to the thing that is gliding. Well, correct. She said a motor. Oh. <laughs> I'm a man. I pay attention to these oh. sorts of things. Oh, from downtown. <laughs> uh, so they're, you know, the, so yeah, she's, she's just saying like, no, 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 you got to have him stop. Don't have him do the race. This is so dangerous. I'm not comfortable with my son doing this. And she's saying, oh, but, you know, he got challenged, and this is, you know, the, the challenge is out there. He can't back down from it, or he won't get any respect. Yeah, he goes through this whole rigmarole about what a man's challenge is. If guy A challenges guy B to a challenge, blah, 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 they have to go compare dick sizes. Yeah. Yeah. And let me, let me just, just a little little behind the curtain here. Whenever Tim starts talking about man stuff and what men do, and men do things a certain way, uh, in my head... I just start thinking about what my favorite moment from the most recent Cheers episode I watched is because I just every every one of those things that Tim goes on it's just like okay it's the same thing dude it's just the it's you the same point you're playing the same song over and over yeah. again if it were men they would have heard each other and not cared but because you're showing emotion you're like a woman that's basically it Truman challenge me to something Landon I challenge you to a Kid Rock off. I respectively decline. Well, actually, Landon, it's respectfully. Thank you. <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> uh, but still, no, I, I appreciate what you were going for there. Uh, this is good. How mature we are. Um, I'll, I'll accept. I No, I don't, because you'll win. <laughs> so, not only that, you would win in a fight and in a sled race, too. We're not challenging you to anything. <laughs> uh, and then Tim drops accidentally that Randy hurt himself going over Dead Man's Curve and goes, I shouldn't have said that. And, and Jill goes, what? And he goes, uh, 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 Fredman's curve. <laughs> and then the only thing I could think about all through the next Wilson scene was Fred's man curve. And I'm like, that's inappropriate. <laughs> I was thinking of more of like, there's a guy named Fred Mann with two N's and just <laughs> curve. He was the first person to die on it. So they called it that. Like, it's just as dangerous. Or it's, it's someone's last name, Fredman. Also that. <laughs> that's what I Fred, heard. Fredman's curve. Uh, we go to the backyard. Where Tim uh, has, <laughs> we, seems late in the episode to start this game, but it's kind of a funny game where Brad is like, he's done with saxophone and he's trying to hide it. He's trying to hide his saxophone in places that. Yeah, this is like a weird B, B plot that's yeah. actually like D level. Because it's like, oh shit, we forgot that we started writing about this. Let's throw this in. <laughs> yeah. Let's throw this in again. Yeah. So Brad's out there trying to hide his saxophone inside of the log pile <laughs> basically he's got it in the case and he's like he puts it on top and he's like that won't do i'm gonna take the smallest log and put it on top perfect and who's gonna go out there and go well that's just a pile of logs yeah also you're you're burying your saxophone in the pile of things that will progressively be winnowed through throughout the winter <laughs> to right. be fair and not to like go with gender stereotype roles here but i but bet you stupid. tim is the one that would pick that up and he would be like huh? And just go ahead and put it in the fireplace anyway. <laughs> he would he would pick it up, think, this isn't right. He'd try to eat it and then think, no, it must be a log. And then he'd throw it <laughs> exactly in. Exactly right. Maybe there is some sort of uh, extension to this D story where Brad got the idea that in order to destroy a saxophone, it must be burned. Because he does put it in the fireplace in <laughs> yeah, the next exactly. scene. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's really obsessed with burning it and never seeing it again. <laughs> and it's metal, as saxes are. Anyway, um... Tim, you know, he takes his saxophone away and Tim starts talking to Wilson. Yeah, and Wilson is up there trying to get a cat out of a tree. But... Can we point of order the fact that Wilson, for the first time in the series, and against all regulations in Michigan 
property code has a telephone pole yeah. in his backyard. Yeah, I was that- noticing that. I was like, what did, I, when did that get built? I was looking at that and I was like, are you serious right now, show? Are you trying to just put this one over on me? Like, what? Makes no sense. Couldn't they have had him up the tree in the backyard instead of up that thing? Like, they have a tree they could have worked with. Yeah, uh, I don't get it. But it's there. And maybe maybe it's always been a telephone pole, but he has disguised it as a tree. So it's like less of an eyesore. Yeah, those cell phone towers. Those yeah. super convincing cell phone towers that look just like palm trees. <laughs> exactly. Made out of Legos. <laughs> uh, so Tim starts talking about Randy's uh, predicament, and uh, Wilson compares him to the Sika antelope uh, in Russia. Yes. And these antelopes, I guess they will get, if they get into a fight with another man antelope, or mantelope, if you will, they will start butting heads and locking heads, and they will keep them locked for so long that they will forget to eat and then die when the cold weather comes. Right, because they don't have enough body fat. But yeah, Tim is not listening because he's just singing Home on the Range because Wilson mentioned antelopes. And that's the way that Tim's mind works. Yep. Um, Also in this scene, Wilson... Looks like uh, the actor that plays the Zodiac Killer. And then that's all I could think. Oh, the guy who, uh, in the movie Zodiac? Yeah. Uh, he was also Marge Gunderson's husband in Fargo. Um, John Carroll Lynch? Yes. 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 So I was like, oh, Randy's living next to the Zodiac Killer. Oh. He's had... A role model all along. The ultimate protege. That's right. <laughs> so the whole reason that he's seemed less serial killery recently is because he's do- getting all that out with Wilson. Wilson's yeah. out there like, oh, hello, young neighbor. Oh, Let me tell you how to like get the, the, the neck right over the bucket so the blood drains in that way. He's taking him to Camp Crystal Lake mm-hmm. to do all of his killings the same way that he did with his son, Jason Voorhees. That's right. Because there is a huge gap. In the Friday the 13th movies, between the first one and the second one, when Jason Voorhees becomes a natural-born killer, uh, during that time, Wilson was teaching him how to kill. Good for Wilson, man. Giving something back. (laughs) His advice is you can't let a challenge let you lose sight of what's really important. Uh, That's the takeaway from this whole conversation. Oh, yep, yep. And Tim just kind of keeps on singing. Yep, and it sings right on into the inside of the garage. But my question would be, what's really important? You know, like, that's his advice here, but what's important about the Randy thing? Don't let him get killed going over Dead Man's Curve. Yeah, basically do basic fatherhood stuff and not put your child in danger. Your son has just injured himself, and you are encouraging him to go and put himself in the same situation in which he would injure himself yet again. Yeah, but kids are going to get hurt. Yeah, Guys, but this is why yeah, I should is, not be a parent. This is yeah. preventative, though. This, this is, this, listen, if we are doing comparisons of the TV fathers, I think even Homer Simpson at this point would be like, no, Bart, don't don't go sledding again. <laughs> we go into the garage where JTT is buffering up his sled. Um, oh, yeah, this is, this, is the, this is where the acting really starts. Yeah. Uh, and Jill walks in to start talking him out of this. Mm-hmm. But then Randy, Randy starts explaining the reasons why. He, he can't back down from this challenge. And what are those reasons? I mean, one of the big ones is that as a short kid, like, he he needs to... Like, he's the shortest kid in his class. He needs to prove that he is something or yeah. that he's, you know... Like, you know, at this point, Mark is taller than he is. Mm-hmm. And it's like he's... He just feels really put upon because it's like he can never fight this guy. It's never going to be a fair fight for him. He's never going to have a fair fight in his life. So he needs to... He was just phrasing it as, I need to do this for me. I need the social status back. Yes. I have fallen from grace. 
Um, yeah, and he does. He goes into a great uh, emotional pool here. Yeah. <laughs> he just waves. He just, just, just cannonballs in there. Yeah. Well, it's like, but also, I feel like a worse child actor would have been like, crying or like making a big thing of it uh, but, yeah. but Randy is just kind of like he's working on his sled he's got this work kind of determination about it and he's just like you know I it, it's never going to be a fair fight for me I don't want to do this either but I have to or it's like I you know she says something like you, you know you don't have to you know you don't have to fight every bully yeah. and he says well I gotta fight this one or something. and he even makes a joke and she goes that's that's always been your strength is humor use that and he's like that's not gonna help me here mm-hmm. he's too dumb to get he's, my jokes yeah exactly and Jill kind of starts to come around She's like, okay, I never thought I would say this to my, my, my kids, but go get them. Yeah, go kick some butt. Yeah. So then Jill goes back out in the living room, right as Tim is coming in, fresh off, fresh in the afterglow of a Wilson conversation. You call it a conversation. Uh, fr- fresh in the afterglow of having been talked to by Wilson. <laughs> uh, sits down with Jill, and you guessed it, folks, they've swapped positions on this now yeah uh they're swingers like that but uh now tim doesn't want randy to race and jill does yeah they tim starts putting the the fire logs in the the fireplace but not before jill pulls out the saxophone that brad had uh, hidden in there clever bit of set dressing there <laughs> liked it liked it and uh jill starts explaining like yeah no i just talked to randy and you know i i kind of agree with him now I, I agree with your original point he should go do this for himself this is important to him and uh it's you know it's another bit it's another example of her her parenting on a level <laughs> that you know Tim never quite can achieve but that I think is quite poignant for the sitcom wife that you don't see very often a sitcom mom where she's like recognizing the small changes of kids doing things for themselves that growth that nurturing the individuality of a person the mm. integrity you know this is a, an important uh, impressionable point in their life that i need to really yeah nurture this is you know what he does here is going to affect the kind of man that he becomes yeah it's very much like when uh, in dollars in dollars and cents when she's you know like not gung ho about the baseball card idea but likes that they're thinking about it jill doing really all the hard work of the parent of course yes yeah so she yeah she and tim talk Tim is so overjoyed now that the, she says, oh, Tim, okay, yeah, well, it turns out you were right in the first place. And then... Well, he says, we agree on everything, just never at the same time. Right. Which I actually found that really funny. That was... <laughs> no, I think that was that was good. That was cute. Because they've been there before. Yeah. But then Tim ruins this moment by <laughs> spending, um, like, uh, appro- approximately six lifetimes <laughs> just trying to get Jill to say I was wrong. Yeah. Because- I've never related harder to Tim in my life. Oh, trying to trying to get someone to admit that they're that they're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're more just about proving that you're right, not so much getting the people to to say that they were wrong. It can be equal parts both. <laughs> Fair. Well, uh, hopefully you're never up again. I actually I would like to see you go up against someone as crafty as Jill because Jill does not give an inch and she does not admit an ounce of wrongdoing. <laughs> yeah. ne- neither do I. Yeah, which is why it would be such a good thing. Just, just be stalemate forever. Jill and I would not make good parents. It would be a squirrelist eye. See, this is the, you know, you were laughing at me for suggesting that, that Jill experiment with her sexuality and les out later on, and now you're saying that you and she would not make good parents. So I guess that's probably, I guess, a point in favor of her not experimenting. But anyway. Cool. We go to our singer. <laughs> that was really funny, Truman. <laughs> well, no, we don't, uh, I guess that is the stinger. God, this episode is dumb. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, she, so, yeah, go to the stinger. Please continue, Landon. So we go to the stinger where 
Truman immediately just goes, oh, come on! <laughs> they just cut to right after the race. It's the same shit as Jill giving the speech at the library fundraiser. The whole episode's about this thing. You build up to this thing. To be evenly handed here, I guarantee if you had seen what they could afford their version of the race, you would be lambasting them for having seen a shitty version of a sled race. Okay, then don't write yourself into a corner show. I'm sorry. Just fair, like, fair. That's fair. Okay, folks, picture if... You saw, uh, man, I'm trying to think. Okay, Star Wars. Everyone's familiar with Star Wars. You've seen, you're, you see the movie Star Wars, and it's like, oh my gosh, okay, we have to go to the Death Star, and here's the, the thing we have to shoot the photon torpedoes into. We're all getting ready. We're all going to fly off. And then it just cuts to the end with them in the throne room, and Leia giving them the medals. And everyone's like, wow, it went so well. You would feel upset. There's like 20 minutes of story that you missed out on. Um... I'm sorry, I know they didn't have the budget for it, just don't write a story, don't write an entire story about a souped up fucking sled race, and then just expect me to not be pissed when you don't show up. That's fair, that would be very much like uh, the Great Race episode, putting the jet engine on the lawnmower and then not seeing Tim go flying off I-96. It would be like if in Ghostbusters, they're like, holy shit, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, we gotta, we gotta cross the streams to fight him, and it just cuts to them a bit back at the firehouse, like, covered in, covered in the goop, like, wow, that was crazy. Now I get it. Okay, that's a reference I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, Be like on Titanic if they just showed the boat sinking. <laughs> Nailed it. There's, no, there's there's still closure. That was actually one of the more expensive things. That it would be like in Titanic. It's like iceberg dead ahead, and then it cuts back to old Rose at the end. Like yeah, from then he died. She dropping into <laughs> she drops the thing into the water. A lot of other details here. Sploosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Tim comes in, uh, or Randy, so Randy's won this contest, and he's all amped up about it. Thank- thankfully, he tells us this, because yes. I don't see it. <laughs> so bitter. Uh, all three boys are on the couch. Um, or are they? Or are they? Uh, we have a very mysterious Mark hiding behind a magazine. Yes. And they're just acting like... And, and first, a baseball cap. Yeah, and like, and at first, I'm looking at this at first, and it's like, wow, he's conspicuously holding the thing in front of his face. Surely this is a joke where it's one of the bullies who's now their friend. No, that's... Well, he's wearing a baseball cap because the haircut clearly was no good. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I have done that many times in the past. Yeah, so the, the boys are sitting there and talking about it and just how great it was, and then it comes out in conversation that uh, Vinny's dad was so angry afterwards that he challenged Tim to a race. Yep. And then... We don't know if Tim won or lost the race, but his ankle certainly didn't. Because Tim comes in on crutches and goes, wow, thanks for watching Home Improvement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he said. Like, the the big larfs come from the fact that he's on crutches. That's, <laughs> that's, that's it. But... I, I think the, the the honestly still I was just so distracted by who the fuck is this third yeah. boy on the couch? No, it was very disconcerting. Trying to pass a off, odd person almost. Oh god! Um, and then we go to the outtakes, which we get three actually, which is strange. It's usually like the, the same bumper crop, same scene, just kind of repeated over and over. Uh, Tim and Al flubbing lines with the sub at the beginning. Uh, flubbing and seven. <laughs> Tim and Wilson. <laughs> um, Tim forgetting the song. And then uh, the sprained ankle at the end, uh, Tim walks in and then the crutches fall over and he falls down and we all laugh. Well, when everyone on on set is breaking, then uh, the mystery boy puts down the magazine and we see, oh yeah, that's definitely not, (laughs) that's not uh, uh, Mark. It might be Mark's like stand-in sound double or lighting double. It's not Crazy though is uh, he's actually more talented than Tara Noah Smith. (laughs) He's holding up that, that, that uh, magazine and I just believed that he was reading, you know? Everyone is so 
harsh on Terran Noah Smith. Well, I think he is adequate. Oh, <laughs> Terran Noah Smith has been doing this job pretty much full time for three years, and he's still not great at it. He's nine. Jonathan Taylor Thomas was nine. Haley Joel Osment was nine. Neil Patrick Harris was nine. At I some was point. nine. Those are uh, Millie Bobby Brown they was are nice. Not nice. Uh, yeah, she was very nice. We hung out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why I'm hanging out with Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, that's that's Jared. You and Jared did yeah, it. <laughs> beat you to it. Continue, please. This marathon of an episode is coming to a conclusion. I'm not even going to ask if you have anything that we didn't cover. We're just going to go straight into the user questions. Oh, yes. If you have a user, user questions was filmed with the men and women of law enforcement. <laughs> All suspects are presumed guilty until innocent. Ah, fuck. If I don't you... even know how the legal system works innocent anymore. Innocent until proven guilty. I'm sorry. And I was also doing law and order and went straight into cops. Go on, please. If you have a user submitted question... Uh, or if you have a question and you are a listener, not a user, um, you can submit that question to us uh, via Twitter or Facebook at CurrentWorkPod or to our email address, info at CurrentWorkPodcast.com. This question is very applicable uh, considering one of our, our character actors. What's your favorite Tim Allen movie? Uh, now, and I, I want to propose that we answer it like thus, because I know both of yours. I want to say let's each go around and guess each other's. Question. Yes. Tim Allen in any form? Let's, uh, it doesn't specify. Let's keep it strictly to on screen, okay. not voice talent. It okay. would be, because Toy Story would win for, like, one of the Toy Stories would win, I think. Right? Like, that's pound for pound the best movie he's done. But, mm -hmm. okay. But, yeah, I agree. That seems fair. That okay, seems fair. so, uh, let's go around and guess each other's, uh, favorite Tim Allen movies. Uh, he needs to guess mine, because you know mine. Yeah. Okay, so Truman, guess, uh, guess Sam's. I'm going to say Jungle to Jungle. That is incorrect. Ah. <laughs> I did watch that movie a lot, though. The correct answer was The Santa Claus. Oh, that is correct. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. The Santa Claus for you, Landon? I actually don't know if I have one. Well, God damn it. <laughs> I, I couldn't have mentioned this before I put myself No, no. I, I've got one now. I've got one. Okay. Uh, and it is, it is not The Santa Claus. Joe Somebody. <laughs> it is not Joe Somebody. Jungle to Jungle. It is not Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> I am out of Tim Allen films. Toy Story? <laughs> it is not Toy Story. Okay. Mine is what I think yours is, which is Galaxy Quest. Yeah, that's correct. That's what mine is. Galaxy ding, Quest ding, ding, is ding. incredible. Oh. Yeah. Everyone, go watch Galaxy Quest right now. Though I will say uh, a runner-up. Granted, I haven't seen this film in like 10 years. Jungle um, to Jungle? It's Big Trouble. I haven't. I read that book. I did not see that movie. 9-11 yeah. kind of fucked with that movie. Yeah, it did a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It buried it. See, it's in the rubble. It's a, oh. it's a never forget. It's a movie about I'm a bunch. Sorry. Ooh man, <laughs> it's you know terrorists are going to set off a bomb on a plane in Miami, and people are trying to stop it. And that wasn't exactly a comedic thing in October two thousand one. No, so it got got <laughs> buried. Yeah, um, but has young Zoe Deschanel and oh. a young Ben Foster, Forster, Foster, Foster, Ben, ben Foster. There's also and a whole bunch of other people. There's a, a Patrick Warburton is in. I haven't seen the movie. I saw yeah. the trailer. Uh, which I, 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 the sad thing is, the thing is, when I was a kid and I was seeing the trailers, I was like, "This movie's going to be really funny." Oh, 9-11 happened. Oh, now the movie's not coming out, I, and I've never seen it. Al Qaeda took that from me. Um, you let them win. <laughs> I know. I could have rented it at any time. I changed my life because of terrorism. It's not what George Bush wanted me to do. Uh, but there's a scene in the trailer that would always crack me up, where they're driving along in a car. They hit a goat. The goat 
flies yes. over the car and lands, and Patrick Warburton's just sitting in the back seat without flinching, just goes, was that a goat? <laughs> that was funny. It was funny. Uh, I have not seen Galaxy Quest as an adult. I remember enjoying it immensely as a child. I don't think I would... the special effects hold up so much, but they... It's not bad. It's not... I would like to see it again as uh, uh, an adult. We will have cool. you back in 1999 when we cover that film. Let, look, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. It is perfect. It holds up very, very well. Yes, I heard the rant. I know. I'm just saying it holds up very well. Exactly 90 minutes long. Alan, the late Alan Rickman, Academy Award winner, Sam Rockwell. Uh, Academy Award nominee, Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Nominated for Aliens, 1986. <laughs> uh, That's not true. Yeah, she was nominated for Aliens. In, maybe it was in 1987 because the movie came out in 86. Check it, Landon. No, listen, everyone, to him doing this right now. Don't accuse me of not knowing things about the movie Aliens. Uh, I will well, bury you with she, my knowledge of Aliens. She's been nominated multiple times. That's I was not aware that she was nominated for that. I know she was nominated for a couple of Mike Nichols films. So um, Truman was right, which means you were right. Also right R- and just unaware of, his, <laughs> unaware of his answer. Um... Well, yeah, okay, either way, we answered that question pretty soundly, I guess. Tony Shalhoub, also in Galaxy Quest. Uh, An actor who I always, in my head, think is Jim Parsons, but it's not actually Jim Parsons. You think Tony Shalhoub is Jim Parsons? No, 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 there's another actor. (laughs) They look very different, Rain Wilson? No. Oh, Rain Wilson is in that, yeah. (laughs) There's a guy who kind of, he's like a budget Jim Parsons. I mean, Jim Parsons is a budget Jim Parsons, but it's fine. Uh, Unless you guys want to talk about, for richer or poorer, your Cheers connection uh, with Kirstie Alley, where they go to an Amish community, um, I say let's move on to the outro and end this episode. I mean, it is as hot as it is in here with three people, the ability to talk about Cheers in any fashion. (laughs) All right, let's close it up. We'll get to it it in due time. Um, We really appreciate you guys listening. If you want to help the show find more listeners, you can give us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, with each rating, we'll pimp out your sled with a radar detector and some spinners. Nice. You can find information about today's episode on our website. Which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released, as well as receive exclusive trivia, The Grunt Count, which this week was... This week, The Grunt Count was... 12. 3. 15. Oh! Yes, hey, 15 grunts We're, we're this on week. an uptick. I know. It. Well, these, I mean, this is a downtick from uh, last downtick, week. But, uh, but uh, are they like residual grunts from last week? Uh, no, these are not residual. Like, these are all evergreen grunts. Grunt tremors yeah. from last week's earthquake. Grunt tremors. Now, there is a crossover <laughs> I'd watch. Tim Allen in tremors. Think about it, won't you? I'm into it. Um, and you can also get updates on Truman and my various projects, uh, as well as a link to Sam's podcast, the part-time superhero. Um, is there anything else you'd like to promote before we end the show? That's all I got. Is Just the, part-time, is superhero? part-time superhero podcast can be found at ptsuperhero.com mm-hmm. and they'll link to it. Uh, both of these fools have been on multiple times. We so uh, you should check it out. And if I get my ass in gear, there'll be new episodes soon. Sweet. Nice. Well, um, I am going to refrain from saying anything about your ass in gear and move <laughs> on to... Uh, Buy some gear on our merch page. <laughs> Buy some commemorative asses. Uh, you can join in the conversation on Twitter or Facebook, which you can find us at Gruntwork Pod. With that, I've been Samantha Wessel. I've been Truman Caps. I've been Landon Solano, and maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Gruntwork. Ooh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>